unfortunately we don't have his last words because even after so many years he's still on death row yep he still hasn't been punished hey guys welcome or welcome back to last words so i know the podcast is a few hours late i know the thing is i have a lot like teachers have been assigning us a lot of work just i know <laughs> but yeah today we'll be discussing the scorecard killer the southern california strangler the freeway killer otherwise known as randy steven craft randy was born on march 19th 1945 making him 75 in long beach california the usa yeah it's a party in the usa i mean like it's not but like still so okay anyways so he was the youngest child out of four born to opal and harold craft as the baby of the family and also the only boy of the family craft was showered with attention from his mother and his sisters however craft's father was distant and he preferred to spend most of his time with his mother and his sisters craft's childhood was mostly unremarkable however he was prone to accidents at the age of 1 he fell from the couch and broke his collarbone a year later he was knocked unconscious after falling down a flight of stairs but a trip to the hospital determined that there was no permanent damage at the age of 3 they moved to midway city in oregon county california when he was 5 craft was enrolled into midway city elementary school now during his high school years at westminster high he had two close pals and their classmates like to call them the three musketeers so one of them moved to canada during the vietnam war one became a research scientist research, research sorry research chemist in florida and well the third musketeer stayed in southern california and became a serial killer but like okay uh uh yeah witson the research chemist said craft was a normal kid just like everybody else people do change but it's incongruous that the randy craft i knew could never ever commit such crimes time and distance ended my friendship with randy long ago but there is sadness a remembrance of the past were there signs witson had wondered a dark streak in craft's personality or something that could lead a man to disable young men with drugs and alcohol and then sexually mutilate them and well dump their bodies along the freeway uh they didn't exist witson decided Cheryl and Clarence E Haynes discussed how incredulous it all seemed the couple had been Kraft's classmate um they said and i quote we agreed that if we had to pick five people in our class who would never ever be accused of some type of mass murder randy would be one of the five and guys i swear to god there are so so many interviews of crafts um class members and um class members classmates whatever and like he was in the debate team so from that and like boy scouts and so much more and like from his jobs i remember as well 
everyone liked him everyone genuinely did it wasn't like you know like for example for ted bundy people were like people were like uh like yo you good like that sort of situation you know like they were like oh yeah he hit a child with a stick like you know and shit like that but everybody liked him that's bizarre i mean i don't know the musketeers were typical kids whitson said the things we liked were very normal kinds of things go to the beach grab a hamburger the musketeers shared an interest in politics technical subjects and well simply solving problems and guess what their favorite pastime was discussing their classes after high school kent attended the prestigious Paramount Men's College graduating in 1967 with an economics degree. He entered the US Air Force on June 14th, 1968, but 13 months later, the Air Force gave him a general discharge as he admitted to military officials that he was gay. According this is according to several sources. Whitson, now living in Clearwater, Florida, remembers returning to Southern California with his wife a year later and just going out with drinks with craft craft took them through the boys shed in sunset beach where he worked as a part-time bartender now whitson recalls that it took him a few moments to realize that it was a gay bar randy told me for the first time that he was gay and said in effect that this was his new lifestyle it surprised me craft had given no hint in high school that he was gay whitson was certain that this revelation would not affect the relationship Revel- what the what the hell did i just say revelation would not affect their friendship but the time and distance did craft went on to work in a series of jobs that appeared to be below his both his education and his edu- and his intelligence um he had an entry level job at the arrowhead water co after his days as a bartender and his work file there showed that he tested at an IQ level of 129 he also served a brief stint as a teacher's aide in long beach unified school district guys a random random side note i'm not sure if you can hear light snoring in the background the thing is my dog he's literally sleeping right next to me he's sleeping in my lap actually so i'm really sorry but yeah anyways back to dandy craft In 1971 after deciding to become a teacher craft enrolled at the long beach state university while there he met a fellow student called jeff graves craft moved in with graves and they stayed together until the end of 1975 it was graves who introduced craft to various forms of different sexual activities let's just stick with that and they were the more violent sorts of activities a year later craft met jeff ceiling at a party ceiling was 19 years old i don't know why i said like that jeff was 19 years old and um he was 10 years younger to craft so that makes craft 29 so um jeff and craft or ceiling and craft same shit um so basically the couple split up in 1982 now we move on to the more 
gory side of things. Yes. Yes, we are going to talk about the murders. The quote unquote main feature in this situation, this podcast, this episode, this crime, whatever you want to call it, is Randy Kraft's scorecard. Of course, I mean, he is called the scorecard killer. So, yeah, I'll obviously tell you the contents of the card. I'm also going to mention when the person was killed and what the person's name is. Or like, well, like it's like, for some of them, it's like John Doe because they don't know who the person was. So, yeah. Oh, and how could I forget? I'll also be reading the toxicology report of some of these victims. Um, this is off of um, People vs. Craft, like the actual case files. So, I'll be leaving the links, but not in the description. I'll actually be leaving it on my Instagram. So, go follow me there. And obviously, check the links out. My Instagram handle is lastwords underscore podcast. So, yeah. Now, moving on to the case. Randy Kraft's alleged death list consisted of two neatly printed columns, 30 cryptic items on the left side of a yellow legal sheet and 31 on the right. It read, 1971, William Joseph Duckett listed as stable. 1972, Edward Daniel Moore listed as EDM. 1973, Wilmington John Doe listed as Wilmington. John Doe in Huntington Beach listed as Airplane Hill. Vincent Cruz Mestas listed as Vince M. Ronnie VB listed as 7th Street. John Doe found at Alameda and Ford listed as Hoth of Head. 1974, James Dale Reeves, listed as Twiggy. Thomas Paxton Lee, listed as PO2. Malcolm Little, listed as Teen Strucker. Roger Dickerson, listed as Mick Laguna, or MC Laguna. Gary Cordova, listed as Big Sir. Oral Stewart, listed as Iowa. 1975, John William Leras, listed as Cates. Keith Crotwell, listed as parking lot. Craig Jonatis, listed as golden sales. 1976, Mark Howard Hall, listed as New Year's Eve. 1978, Scott Michael Hughes, listed as Euclid. Richard Allen Keith, listed as Marine Carson. Ronald Young, listed as Jailout. Richard Crosby, listed as Torrance. Keith Klingbeil, listed as Hike Out LB Boots. Michael Inderbitten, listed as Dart 405. 1979, George Jolly, listed as Lakes MC. John Doe, number 299, listed as 76. Jeffrey Sayer, listed as Westminster Date. Donnie Crissel, listed as Marine Drunk Overnight Shorts. 1980, Mark Allen Marsh, listed as Marine Head BP. Robert Loggins, or Loggins, I'm not sure, um, listed as MCHB Tattoo. The level of alcohol in the victim's brain was 0.25%, while the blood alcohol level was 0.24%. The similarity of those figures suggesting putrefaction did not account for alcohol levels in the body. Antihistamines, 
diphenhydramine and chlorpheniramine were found in various concentrations in the blood and certain organs. John Doe in Woodburn or listed as Portland ACK or ICK, I'm not sure, again. Uh, Michael Sean O'Fallon listed as Portland Denver, 1981. Christopher Williams listed as Hollywood Bus. Michael Clark listed as Portland Blood, 1982. Robert Avila listed as deodorant. Raymond Davis listed as dog. Lance Tags listed as Portland, Hawaii. Anthony Silviera listed as Portland Reserve. Brian Witcher listed as Portland Head. Dennis Alt and Christopher Schoenborn listed as GR2. Guys, I'm really sorry. I know I butchered that name. I'm really, really sorry. Um, Mikiel Lane listed as SD Dope. 1983. Jeffrey Nelson and Roger DeWall. So Jeffrey Nelson's toxicology report read as blood alcohol level to be 0.14% at the time of death. Nelson's blood also contained the anti-anxiety drug diazepam and his stomach contained propranolol, which is a cardiac drug available only by prescription. And DeWall's analysis read as blood alcohol level was 0.07% and his blood also contained the same cardiac drug and diazepam at therapeutic levels. The combination of alcohol and drugs would have impaired DeWall's consciousness and they were listed as two-in-one hitch. There are entries which have not yet been linked with people. So they are Angel, Harikari, Marine Down, Van Driveway, two-in-one, MV2PL, LB Marina, First ST, Diabetic, Portland, User, two-in-one beach, Front of Ripples, Carpenter, MC Dump HD Short, Oxnard, MC Plants, England, Oil, What You Got. The four entries, um, two in one hitch, two in one beach, GR2, and two in one MKV to PL, apparently referred to double murders, raising the body count to 65. But there are two victims whose names haven't been linked with the codes yet. Um, they are Eric Herbert Church and Terry Gambrill. Church's um, toxicology report said that um, his blood alcohol levels at the time of death were 0.08% and his blood also contained 2.5 milligrams per liter of diazepam, which is well, at that amount, potentially fatal to him, to us, well, humans, and could have probably put him in a mild to moderate coma. As of Terry's report, his blood alcohol levels at the time were 0.067%. Also in Gambrill's uh, blood, there was 0.07 micrograms per liter of lorazepam, which is an anti-anxiety drug sold under the trade name Ativan. So those amounts of um, lorazepam would cause a person to be sleepy, confused and uncoordinated.
so his final tally of people he potentially murdered uh, is 67 and 22 of those have still not been recovered and or identified so some of the scorecard entries well yeah they did seem virtually transparent like for example edm matched edward daniel moore's initials edm while jail out referred to ronald young so apparently basically he was released from oregon uh, county's drug tank portland hawaii seemed to fit lance tags as he had lately returned from hawaii to oregon um portland denver matched o'fallon because he was a colorado native and well who was killed in oregon and 7th street for example marked the freeway on ramp when ron vivi was dumped in 1973 then euclid named the ramp where um craft deposited scott hughes then marine carson referred to the la suburb where keith was disposed of then new year's eve recalled the disappearance of mark hall westminster date marked the disappearance of the 15 year old jeffrey brian sayer or sayer sorry who vanished on the 24th of november 1979 after visiting his girlfriend other notations like stable angel harikari england oil twiggy portland portland head portland reserve portland ECK um they remain unexplained and well craft was no help to the police because well we will see throughout his trial as well he's constantly denying that like he didn't do it um like this list or whatever is just basically a list of his gay lovers who are still alive or whatever i don't even know at this point but basically yeah Okay so you guys have probably noticed that I didn't talk about how he murdered um his victims well because the thing is um they are they possibly can be extremely triggering to some people or simply they just might make them uncomfortable um again so all of the murder details when these people were murdered all like all of that information will be in the links i will leave on my instagram and yeah in simple situation words whatever so all of craft's victims were caucasian males with similar physical characteristics he gained control of the victims by means of drugs and or alcohol following by a killing together and some sort of sexual misconduct and or mutilation here both not apparently done incidentally or as an afterthought most were killed by ligature strangulation and many of them had ligature marks on their wrists theories 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 i really want to jump into like the theories about the scorecard and like what like the unidentified like you know codes could mean um like i found most of these or like these are the most quote unquote well known theories out there that i found and i have a really cool story as well so two in one mv to pl so um it could possibly mean mission viaco 
Mill Valley, Mission Valley, Moreno Valley or Mountain View to Point Loma, Loma? Loma or um, Plumas Lake or Park Lawn, like some sort of PL, like Californian, Californian city, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck. Um, so front of Ripples. So apparently there was, is I'm not sure, there, there was a gay bar at that time, I'm assuming, in Long Beach called Ripples. So I'm assuming that he picked up like men in front of the bar. Or well, singular man, I guess. So um, MC Dump, HD Short and MC Plants. So MC and HD together in one phrase um, caught my eye. So this is from a person. Um, MC is a common abbreviation for motorcycle club and a lot of which were Harley Davidson HT dominated in the 80s. So the person's theory is that maybe he picked up bikers a couple of times and the rest of the phrases could possibly be referring to words on the club's jacket. Another theory is that this name could be of like a city dump or a landfill. Now to the story. So I was, of course, researching and I came across um, this story by Colin Powis, I guess. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Any names I'm butchering here in this situation, in this podcast episode, whatever. I'm really sorry. Like, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, Again, sorry. Okay, so now to the story. I actually ran into Kraft back in September 1980 in the most bizarre, ironic and coincidental circumstances worthy of a movie script. I was from England and visiting a friend in LA. I bravely but foolishly decided I was going to hitchhike around America and Canada for two to three months. But to cut a long story short, I knew that LA was very dangerous. So I left on Greyhound bus, on a Greyhound bus, and um, later started to hitchhike. Many weeks later, I came back and was given a ride from an Air Force guy in Arizona who dropped me off about 15 miles from my temporary accommodations in Torrance on the main freeway during rush hour. And in the most bizarre circumstances, along came Randy Kraft who had stopped illegally on the freeway shoulder next to the exit ramp and was frantically tooting his horn for me to run back up the fr- uh, sorry uh, run back up the off ramp and get in i had barely gotten my back out of the air force guy's car when i heard him so i ran back up uh, not quite believing my good luck if i had been one minute earlier or later then our paths could have never crossed Um, It was sheer fate and blind coincidence and yet it happened. He was exactly the type of creep I was trying to avoid and yet I ran away in, uh, sorry, and yet I ran into him anyway. While it's true that he often worked in the Torrance area and often commuting on on that road, um, the chances of me being there uh, when he was passing during the rush hour was extremely small and yet it happened by blind chance. Hitchhiking highlights the random nature of life and impact the blind chance and uh, coincidences in our lives. The flow of history uh, and in life... What the hell? I can't read. I've forgotten how to read. Jesus. What the hell? 
the flow of history and in life in general by the process of evolution can anyone tally up the amount of like the amount of time i've paused reading that story alone i i can't i can't and the amount of times i like messed words up god another theory that well it's not a theory actually but um craft made up the story that um when he was with uh, keith um trotwell um yeah so he supplied them with um drugs and alcohol and then um they apparently got stuck in the mud so um he called um craft called graves uh, who was 45 minutes away so like basically they waited in the mud and then um graves came and crotwell was gone after that which we we already know he murdered him like what the fuck dude like why and well guess what graves corroborated his story and then when like well this is after craft was arrested for the murders graves he was then in the advanced stages of aids was questioned again he told the investigators um really not going to pay for it you know grave was then scammed to his illness before revealing anything incriminating this is a um 1983 la times article um so it reads craft suspected in deaths of 14 men in three states get says so basically i'll just sum the article up um they basically suspected him of killing 14 men in three different states as the thing mentioned and um sheriff bradgate said investigators are looking at craft as a possible suspect in an undetermined number of additional deaths in um orange county dating back to 1972 and basically they have evidence that is linking them to um these 14 men well i mean the deaths of these 14 men craft has been in custody since saturday when police pulled him over on interstate 5 in mission viejo oh okay cool so um the theory was right mission viejo so uh i'm assuming it was mission viejo to point loma but uh yeah So they discovered that a passenger in his car was near death. The 25-year-old Marine Terry Lee Gam- uh, Gambrel, who died later of strangulation, uh, was found in his car. They of course arrested him, and he's been on death row since. We we are gonna like basic. I'm just gonna read out the basics of the trial, I guess. So yeah, basically. um they had enough like evidence to charge him for the 16 murders and nine counts of sexual mutilation and uh, three counts of sodomy and can please someone also count the number of times i've said and thank you very much um craft went on to trial on september 26 1988 and it turned out to be one of the most longest and most costly trials in the history of orange county um so after 11 days um the jury found him guilty and was given a death sentence during the penalty phase of the trial the state called craft's first known victim josh joseph sorry joseph 
um francho uh, to testify about the abuse he suffered uh, at craft's hand when he was just 13 god 13 um and how it had impacted his life craft is currently on death row in san quentin uh, in uh, 2000 the california supreme court upheld his death sentence guys it's been 20 years sorry my dog just coughed i'm 10000 percent sure you heard that but um guys 20 years 20 god i'm just going to read some official old documents so this is um june 24th 1983 randy craft is indicated in <coughs> can okay um cool okay <laughs> randy craft is indicated in kent county for the murders of dennis alt and chris i don't know how to pronounce his last name really really sorry really sorry okay um june information june 24th 1983 the citizens uh, grand jury of kent county handed down a criminal indictment for the arrest of randy craft on two counts of murder papers were drawn up by the kent county prosecutor's office and signed by kent county circuit court judge stuart hofius hofius on june 24th 1983 the orange county sheriff's office um santa ann california was notified to place a hold on randy craft for this office status closed by arrest disposition turned over to the um kent county prosecutor's office for review and extradition procedures guys i just found his death penalty document but the thing is it's really cut off so i'm just going to try and read what like i can so um randy steven craft petitioner versus jean woodford warden of california state prison at san quentin uh, respondent death penalty case declaration in support of request by prisoner for appointment of counsel in california death sentence case and for stay of execution of uh, death sentence so basically he filed for an appeal and the appeal is still pending as of um november 9th 2018 um i randy steven craft in support of my request that something court uh, appoint counsel to represent me in federal something proceedings that will be initiated on my behalf and stay something execution of my death sentence declare under penalty of something I was sentenced to death on November twenty ninth, nineteen eighty nine. Something, something after that. Superior Court of Orange County, State of California. Something after that. Then incarcerated at San Quentin Prison, San Quentin. That's all I can read. So yeah. And that was the case of Randy Craft. Now I know this was a very loosely like I didn't. my the, you know what i realized that in my ted bundy episode i was just trying to be all like perfect and shit i knew i know myself so i knew i would just get sick of it and i didn't want that so this is a more chill episode honestly you know what though 
the last episode the case of the candy corns it was more chill and i really like that honestly so that's why i made it like this i mean if you guys don't like it of course i'll go back to my like old ted bundy situation episode methods but yeah another thing i know that this episode is later it's a few hours later actually then it's supposed to be uploaded the thing is i'm not did i already mention it i'm not sure my brain is dying um but the thing is that our teachers have been giving us so many assignments and assessments and what not that i wasn't able to like do like the proper like i wasn't able to properly like organize my sh- like schedule so yeah i'm really sorry for that i know i've been doing that last time my freaking software crashed that was fun but yeah don't forget to subscribe to this podcast share it review it rate it um you can email me at lastwordspodcast by navyaderit@gmail.com that is lastwordspodcast by navyaderit@gmail.com you can follow me on reddit that's where i've literally been asking like for people's opinions my reddit username is u/lastwordspodcast and yeah again i have an instagram go follow me over there i will be of course dropping the links of this situation and yeah so my instagram handle is lastwords_podcast that is lastwords_podcast you can find all this information in the description and yeah bye guys no chime in this time i promise bye